You're listening to Caddy Wampus. Happy Independence Day to celebrate. We watched Independence Day. Today is our Independence Day. Yes. Okay, so we watched 1996's Independence Day, which is now 23 years old. I have never liked this movie, but I feel like everyone around me loves this movie. I don't love it. When I was a kid, yeah. it was the tits. <clears throat> like, I seem to remember a lot of people liked it. I liked and it. I think I liked it, but I only saw it the one time, so did I really like it? Wait, you mean before before you watched yeah. it now? Yeah, okay, okay. So <laughs> you don't I was like, that was your first time watching it? No. That's amazing. I don't know how you manage that. I mean, I have distinct good memories of this movie when I was a kid, because this was the first movie that I ever went to as a kid that I can remember standing in a really long line to get into the theater. Interesting. Yeah. I waltzed right in. <laughs> Yeah, no, when I was a kid, I remember there being just a really long line to get into the theater for this one. If I had to stand in a line to see this, I would be pissed. I've seen you stand in lines for worse shit. I mean, I'm generally pissed at standing in lines for anything now. I'm too old for lines. For our British listeners, we mean a queue. Yes, forgive us. (laughs) So, so Corey, did you you still love this movie? I still had fun with it. Yeah, I still like it. It's never been a like a 10 out of 10, like, amazing movie. Everyone must see this movie. But it's fun. It's easily 5 out of 7. Having, having I give it seen, 7 Fourth of July's out of 8. Having seen a lot more movies since the first time I saw this movie. Um, <laughs> now that I know what movies now that, are. <laughs> now that I know that there are movies that can be good. I mean, it's not um, true of any movie. Yeah. If it were the first movie you ever saw and you'd never heard of what a you'd movie was, you'd be like, this is very impressive. Even so, if it was like White Chicks, you You'd be like, this is very impressive. So no, s- actually, I would never watch a movie How again. How did you film this? <laughs> what is a camera? So those people aren't white chicks? <laughs> so for some reason, I kept getting reminded of Shin Godzilla and how this movie was basically okay. a shit Shin Godzilla. I mean, Shin Godzilla is kind of a satire on a movie like this. It's a disaster film, I yeah. guess. But instead of Godzilla, it's aliens. Well, well but that... it kind of goes between like different branches of the government. Whereas in the... Shin Godzilla, you see, you know, the breakdown of their entire government system. And Independence Day, you just see Will Smith and his stripper wife. Which why is she a girlfriend? Stripper? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they can make a joke about it. So okay, so a couple of things. So one, this movie is definitely like a disaster movie more than it is an alien invasion movie in the sense because it's like structured like your classic disaster movie. It's just instead of it being a natural disaster. It's aliens in the sky. It's definitely got that 1996 vibe of several moments where I'm like, oh, it's funny because she's a stripper. Oh, it's funny because somebody thinks they're gay. Oh, it's like it's just the very act of the stereotype or the misunderstanding is the is the joke. That's why she's a stripper. She's a stripper because it's funny. It just felt so. Ah, went right over my head. <clears throat> it felt so out of place. I was like, this adds nothing to this movie. She could have done well, anything. If you want to start the start the game of what adds nothing to this movie, you could cut Randy Quaid and his children and like six other subplots. It was yeah. an entire setup so that Laura Roslin could make that joke Laura with her Rosalind. face. Oh, I love the ballet. I'm bleeding from the liver. <laughs> yeah. I'm dying. <laughs> it really bothered me how like she looked just like President Roslin. Right? Like she they, I mean she is she, President no, Right, but she, I can tell like, you why. <laughs> it's like she was on the set of Battlestar Galactica I mean, and then walked next door and filmed Independence Day and then walked back. Yeah, but I mean like it's Mary McDonald. Mary McDonald generally looks like President think, Roslin for obvious reasons. She is president Rosalind. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like saying in Donnie Darko, she looks just like president Rosalind. If she were in a sweater, it's like, well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> 
Like, really, yeah, I mean, he's criminally underused, Mary McDonald, in this film. So for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, the basic premise of this movie is that two days before the 4th of July, which, by the way, when that title... First of all, all the title cards explode at you, which is just hilarious Amazing. They gotta let you know, man. And then... July 2nd! But, but also, it's like, it's like producers did a, did a boom... You know, a 20th Century Fox production, boom, Independence Day, boom. And then right after the words Independence Day goes July 2nd. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess I have to wait. But basically you follow, so Will Smith is a Marine? He's Air Force. No, he's it's Marines, but he's a uh, Marine pilot. I would like to know how Harry Cunning Jr. passed Marine boot camp. Yeah. This is the movie that made Wizard Magazine uh, demand him to be Gambit, right? Ooh, probably. <laughs> like it had to be, right? Is this too old a reference? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I know what you're talking, talking about, about, but I'm trying to think of who you're talking about. I'm just His trying. friend. It's Will Smith's buddy at the beginning of the movie. He's a pilot. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> Good old Jimmy. You know, and then he drops the wedding ring. He goes, hey, this is a wedding ring. To, while it is just a joke about how it's like, oh, it's funny because somebody thinks they're gay. I do it. I do like that the other soldier steps into the aisle of lockers and just with a smile goes, sorry, up. guys, and steps away like, well, I don't want to be rude. Yeah, it wasn't what <laughs> I feel like that joke could have gone way harsher. Right. It was like, I mean, he could have literally just walked out and went, oh, don't ask, don't tell. And then walked oh, away. Oh, yeah. See, I was ready. And then and then Will Smith <laughs> and Harry Connick Jr. just move on with their conversation. And I was like, okay, this is all right. This could be way worse. Just when you think, hey, this is kind of progressive, Harvey Firestein shows up. Yeah. Is he a Jewish stereotype? Is he a gay stereotype? Who knows? But in the 90s, we were just somehow fine with it. <laughs> the birdcage was okay. <laughs> you know, people say that. And... Uh, <laughs> Was it? But this is also a movie in which Jeff Goldblum is an environmentalist and it's played for laughs for a good like half an hour that it's funny that he gives a shit about saving the planet. But he's just a cable guy. You recycle your Coca-Cola cans. He's, he's a cable he's yeah, he's a cable guy if like Tony Stark was we <laughs> <laughs> got a got a bad divorce. It's as if it's as if Pepper divorced Tony and he decided to go work for a cable company because yeah. he was just feeling real bad about himself. Fuck it. I'm going to work for Comcast. Because he's like a fucking genius who decodes the alien language. Aliens invade. They want our resources, is what we find out. Uh, with giant satellite ships show up from a giant mothership in orbit, which apparently is so close to in the path of satellites. Unclear. Yeah, and I remember reading about this years ago where they were trying to put everything to scale, and they're like, the ships that come down are like 15 miles. That, that's what they say, yeah, yeah. And then the one in low Earth orbit is. The mothership. Like, yeah, that mothership is like a thousand kilometers. So. Like, for how anyone, much is that in America? For anyone who hasn't seen the sequel, they get to that about how big the mothership is. Is it bigger than the Earth? It lands on Europe. And I mean on Europe. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> like when I say that it lands on Europe, I mean exactly that. <laughs> That's actually kind of awesome. <laughs> it's one of those feeds where I admit, and we'll get to it, but I, I watched, I did a little extra credit, and I watched Independence Day Resurgence after this. I must admit, the sheer audacity of some of the ideas in that movie, I'm like, wow. Yeah, they create a tidal wave that's basically the entire Atlantic Ocean is the tidal wave. I kind of want to see this movie. <laughs> well, good news, because yeah, I bought a bundle. <laughs> oh, boy. It was on sale. And I was like, 4K HDR for both of these movies? Sure. I feel like 4K HDR is wasted on the first Independence Day. The aliens looked good. The fire did not. No, the puppet, because the aliens are all puppets, yeah. it actually looks pretty solid. Um, and in the sequel, they're not puppets. And who? But um, 
home. It reminded me of Alien. Oh, it reminded you of Alien. In what way? (laughs) A a shitty Alien. The way that if Fox hadn't made both of them, H.R. Giger would have had some major legal action he could have taken. Mm -hmm. It really struck me when uh, Will Smith, who's a fighter pilot, crashes, uh, has a dogfight with one of the alien fighters. Yeah, one of the alien uh, fighters. Individual fighter jets. Yeah. It just looks like H.R. Giger etchings, and it's got like an H.R. Giger head, and then a white version of an H.R. Giger alien comes out with H.R. Giger tentacles. And I'm just like, I can't believe... Like, if I were H.R. Giger, I would be calling Fox and being like, hey, so where's my check? (laughs) Their their ship, to me, looked like if you took a Death Star and then flattened it. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a disc with a Death Star. (laughs) It's like someone took a picture and then a friend comes out of it. It's like a Death Star laser. They took that picture and were like, yeah, make that into a dinner plate. Boom. Kind of looks like every alien, but also no alien. It's not, they're not distinct, which is kind of the point because the movie is not really all that concerned about the aliens. It's really, again, it's a disaster movie and is bafflingly concerned about all this human drama. It's art. It's manufacturing amongst like 50 characters. Way too many. Well, the main, <clears throat> so the main, so we got Will Smith, Marine, Marine uh, captain and fighter pilot. His, his big want, his screenplay want is he wants to go to space. NASA's rejected him, but don't worry, audience will get there. He'll get there. <laughs> and then, and then you got Jeff Goldblum. Basically he's Tony Stark. If he works at a cable company, uh, <laughs> wants to get back with his ex-wife, who is the communications director. Sure. She's in the cabinet. She's in the white house cabinet with Bill Pullman, uh, often considered to be one of the better movie presidents. Uh, having watched this movie as an adult, I would counter that argument. And he <laughs> makes some real bad calls. Yeah. And, and then Randy Quaid, <laughs> alcoholic Vietnam vet crop duster who believes he was abducted by aliens, which was he? Probably. I don't know. Like, we never got real closure on that. And the beginning of the third act of this movie, Randy Quaid says, I'd love a chance to get back at them. And these two soldiers look at him. These two, these two soldiers who work at Area 51 look at him and go, whatever, crazy. And I'm like, I'm sorry, didn't the aliens just destroy Philadelphia on their second wave of attacks? Are we pretty past the point of not believing people in alien abductions? Mm-hmm. Also, you guys have had an alien since the 50s and it's this alien. Maybe. Maybe, maybe that scene was supposed to happen before all of that. I, well, it's also heavily reshot because originally he wasn't inducted and he flew the crop duster in to destroy the satellite ship. That would have been interesting to watch. You can see like a animatic version of it on the deleted. Well, I'll show you later. <laughs> I've got him now. Did you watch it? Did you watch all the commentaries? <laughs> that would have made more sense because this guy was discharged some years ago and obviously has mental health issues. Why the hell would he get a what? Why would the military lack of options? Job? So you're no, saying, not lack of options. There's protocol for a reason. Steve. You're saying this movie's really anti-Reagan. Uh, what? <laughs> Ronald Reagan took his mental hospital. And hit about the aliens. Although I guess presidents in this universe don't know about Area 51 as we find out. Yeah, you have to be in charge of the CIA at some point to know. He lost his president's book. Yeah. yeah he lost he the lost book the of book. secrets. Yeah. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Puzzle desks. Not enough puzzle desks. Nicholas Cage, <laughs> no. tore, Nicholas Cage tore out page 52 and then President Whitmore got signed in and saw a missing page and went, man, must not be important. This is like such an interesting movie because the movie's kind of like, hey, he's the president. And the movie does get to the point of like grandeur with him. Obviously, there's the big speech that comes up with him. But in the first act, the movie's got this almost romantic comedy. Like, it's hard to be the president vibe. <laughs> like the TV's shitting on him and he's like, oh. Yep. And, then, and then there's this backstory where 
Jeff Goldblum punched him or something. He was like, my wife was cheating on me with the president, so I hit him. And then there's this real like, dick measuring contest between Jeff Goldblum and Bill, Bill Pullman for the rest of the movie, which is also fascinating, too, and why he's a bad president. Because he's like, hey, Jeff Goldblum, I hope you're as smart as we all think you are. And I'm like, aren't like millions of people dead? Don't you need him right now? Like, you should be really past the point of being pissed at Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Once, like... Four major cities in my country are destroyed, and I'm in Area 51, which is real. And the one dude in the room who's cracked the alien code language happens to be a dude who punched me in the face 10 years ago. I'm like, well, we're over that. If you need to do it again, go for it. Like. Yeah, would punching me in the face help again? So their, their language ended up just being binary, right? Well, it wasn't really a language. It was more like they used our satellites in order to broadcast... To all the ships at once. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't even let, like he decoded the language. He just found that they were using our satellites. And since they're telepathic, in essence, that is their language. Yeah. I guess. Because there's a bit of a hive mind idea. Kind of like glossed over. And the sequel gets really into it. Basically, Jeff Goldblum deduces that our satellite uh, system has been hijacked to do a simultaneous countdown so that all the city, major cities can be destroyed at once. And they clearly have knowledge of us, like what's important to destroy. So they're trying to clear the population in the largest chunks possible. And then they're going to uh, drain their natural re- resources of the planet, which we find out because Bill Pullman talks to Data from Star Trek, who gets hooked into an alien via tentacle to do a telepathic communication with him and the president. And then somebody goes, is this class bulletproof? And then that uh, we weird misogynist dude from Fireflies like no sir which made me go feels like that glass should be bulletproof yeah (laughs) that seems like an oversight (laughs) I don't understand how he didn't get out of that room to start with no sir that's a bit of a regular glass oh so it breaks if you punch it hard got it I thought it was weird that Jeff Goldblum came to the uh, conclusion because it was his his dad sneezed on him so what happens is he's like we need to make him sick they decide the only option is to launch a nuke at one of the uh, 15 mile ships one of the satellite ships they're going to do this at Houston, knowing that it'll destroy Houston. And this is also sort of motivated by, so the president kind of goes off the rails after his wife shows up. Um, she's dying and she dies. Because that's what you use Mary McDonald for, to die, to motivate a man. To motivate Yay. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman goes, launch the nuke. Jeff Goldblum has been like, that is a mistake. And again, they're like, you hippie environmentalists, we'll launch nukes wherever we damn well please. America. Nuke, nuke the whales. And having just finished the Chernobyl miniseries on HBO, I would rather the aliens kill us. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've seen some realistic fallout of nuclear radiation, yeah, you don't want I'd that. rather be I'd rather be heat deft by the aliens than survive the aliens in a nuclear irradiated America. But anyway, so they nuke Houston and it doesn't work. And Jeff Goldblum gets drunk and he's like, we've we've he's kind of child nesting it, like you maniacs, you blew we, it we up, blew it up all for nothing and he goes we should poison the water that's what we'll do he goes launch the nukes we'll poison the waters we'll make our resources useless so that they will leave and I was like that sounds like a great movie <laughs> that, that actually like, does sound like, ruin that our sounds planet. like an amazing science fiction novel I'd love to read that is not how this movie's gonna go and then he's like come on come on get up you're gonna catch death of cold and he's like and it's very much like cold cold <laughs> virus oh, virus <laughs> wait a minute I'm gonna make them sick it was a real house MD moment yep <laughs> Ha 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 ha! 
and then he demos. He goes, "Hey, Adam Baldwin, how about you shoot that coke can off the off the alien ship?" And he does it, and it ricochets everywhere, and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, you could have just shot the president in the head, all the <laughs> all all the, all because you want to prove you're elite hacker or whatever." Maybe that was his plan. <laughs> yeah. It just backfired. Whoops. <laughs> and then he and then he runs some code, and he goes and he goes, uh, "I gave it a virus, and so I can turn off the shield, and so we're gonna go to the mothership, me and Will Smith, and we're gonna blow up the mothership, which will." destroy all the shields no 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 the the, the, no, the the so they're gonna inject the virus into the mothership which is connected to all the drone sends ships the signal through the, ne- through, to, the, through the network so they infect the mothership the virus will jump to all this, the drone ships and then they blow up the mothership to stop the mothership from correcting what they've done correct right. because they've already tested they know the virus doesn't keep the shields down forever it takes right. a few minutes and then it resets and then the yeah. entire world unites to nuke all of via the via ships. morse code at which yeah. point my favorite group of stereotypes show up the British soldiers who appear like they just walked out of the movie Zulu with a fucking writing cropping like, by Joe, the Americans, using old Morse code. And then the Russians and the Chinese. Yeah, and the, yeah everybody. And they all pull it off. Ta-da! Yeah, they do. They, they And then the president gives a heroic speech and then gets into an F-18. No, Mr. President. You may not fly one of the jets. Because, because, because on a, the ground. a one offhanded line on a news feed at the beginning of the movie being like, well, you know, he served in the Air Force, the president. They elected a warrior. We elected a warrior. We got a whim. Ugh. This is also after His you... vice president's dead. Like, you would think... That... Do we even see the vice president in this movie? No, you just see the helicopter that he's in get blown up. You're like, well, what's up that helicopter getting blown up? And then they cut to the plane. It's like, oh, yeah, the vice president didn't get off the ground. No. And he fires James Reborn. So I guess if he dies, Robert Loja becomes the president, right? Yeah. Oh, Rosalind. She's dead at that point. She's dead, yeah. Damn it. Mae Whitman. <laughs> we, unfortunately, we, every, everyone in the cabinet's line of succession is dead. We're going to have to become a, a monarchy. <laughs> no, it's just some random postal employee. One of the only ones left. For some reason, I, I remember there being way more Will Smith. And watching the movie, I'm like, right? wait, where's the Will Smith? Oh, but when he shows up, he completely carries this movie. Oh, he takes over. Yeah. He, like, like it, because this is his star. This is his star-making performance. He is, he is definitely more interesting than most of the movie. Well, yeah, like, because he's incredibly charismatic on screen. Yeah. I mean, like, there's a reason he became a movie star, and this and this movie really actually does like show it and like showcase it. You guys say Will Smith carried it? No, Jeff Goldblum <laughs> carried this like, movie. Uh... I, I'm kind of fine with the movie when either one of them are on screen. Right. It's the problem is is that there's like 16 other subplots of people I do not give a shit about. I just feel like there was a lot more of the president than I ever remembered. Yeah, this kind of jumps back and forth between like a a grunt and the president. And it's just, I don't know, it just doesn't it's the, work. It's the grunt, a cable company repairman, the president, and a drunk Vietnam vet. Yeah. <laughs> and Vivica A. Fox. Which... And Frank. I was like, why do I know who this kid is? And then I was like, oh my god, that's Frank from Donnie Darko. Randy Quaid's kid, his oldest son. I thought, I thought, I thought you said Anne Frank. And yeah, I was that's like, what I yeah. heard too. I was like, <laughs> it follows Anne Frank. I was like... You know, a movie about, um, you know, an alternate history movie about Anne, Anne Frank, Frank and the aliens? Anne Frank hiding from the Nazis and then aliens show up while she's in the attic. Doesn't sound like that bad a movie. <laughs> oh, you know. You know Sounds... that's offensive. I know, but I kind of want to see it. <laughs> I know. So basically, 10 Cloverfield Lane, but Nazis and yeah. also aliens? Yeah. It's like House of the Devil meets Aliens meets... <laughs> when do crossover movies ever work out? The uh, Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> and? Uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. <laughs> Freddy versus Jason. No. Yeah, <laughs> for, um, it works for me. Uh, Jack, Jackie Brown and Out of Sight. Scooby Doo and that time they solved mysteries with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> no, no, no Scooby Doo and, uh, and Batman and Robin too. Yep, 
Oh yeah, the Super is, Friends and Scooby Doo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was weird. all the same studio, so you know. Anna Barbera, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, then Anna obviously Barbera. Don Knotts on more than one occasion. I watched Don, Don Knotts is like the Don Knotts is like the Agent Coulson of the Anna Barbera universe. <laughs> I watched a lot of Scooby Doo when I was a kid. So when are we doing the Scooby Doo cast? <laughs> so we we'll watched watch we watched stuff. the one with Matthew Lillard and uh, Nope Hard Sarah Pass. Hard Pass. <laughs> That is not something I want to watch. I'll watch the the pup named Scooby Doo show, which yeah. was this weird meta commentary on Scooby Doo for children in the nineties, where they were kids, yep. and the one the and the, one of their friends was Red Herring, and Fred always thought Red was the Red Herring. Yeah, <laughs> but of course Fred was wrong. It was never him. It was <laughs> Old Man Jenkins. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to see this. It's a weird show. It's a weird yeah, it was show. a weird show. It was entertaining though. I feel like every iteration of Scooby Doo adds one more dog. Like you got well, there was Scooby, Scooby and then there's Scrappy, Scrappy and then and there's then... the older white dog. Oh, his uncle. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Because it can't be his dad, it, and, and it's, it's it's the same logic. Scrappy's his nephew too, because again, you can't imagine Scooby fucking. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to. We don't want an audience thinking about I that. I can, but Scooby's, it's mostly with Shaggy. <laughs> Scooby's Scooby's brother and or sister had to be fucking to get Scrappy. It can't be Scooby. It's a Donald Duck situation. Ugh. Well, in that they both neither wear pants or. That is weird that they didn't ever put Scooby in like a sweater. Because <laughs> he's pretty, pretty anthropomorphic as dogs go. And didn't Scrappy just stand on his hind legs? Yeah. Wasn't Scrappy just yeah, like he he kind of walks normally? He, he, was just, normally. he was just bipedal. Yeah, he was just like a human dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, don't ask questions. Maybe about Scooby that. did. Let me maybe, at him. Scooby, Let me at him. maybe Scooby did fuck Shaggy. <laughs> and, and, and it's a cover story. He's like, yeah, Scrappy, I'm your uncle. <laughs> Ooh. Wait, does that... So which one of them was female that carried Scrappy to term? Scooby. Uh, Scooby's just a hardcore smoker, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> that's where the voice comes from. You know, four packs a day. The 60s were tough. You've seen Mad Men. Oh, you know yeah. how it goes. They, they weren't just smoking cigarettes, and you know that. Well, I think I think they weren't smoking. They were eating the edibles. I mean, I assume that's what Scooby snacks were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the joke. I mean, honestly... Let me uh, eat half of know, one and you know, see where though, it takes me. You know, people like to make the joke that, they're, that, that it's like that it's weed but i don't think it's weed because because one and i know some people get paranoid from me but they're not paranoid they are freaking out that is meth if i've ever fucking seen it weed my ass they've never been relaxed a goddamn day in their life they are on edge they need scooby snacks and they get more on edge that is like molly or something molly candy molly that is is not is not marijuana you yep, need pretty you to accurate. go investigate the basement do it for some black tar heroin would you do it for an opium snack Scooby's bit his collar off tied it around his his leg his paw God get it out of my head put it in oh that's still a vein that's still a vein Scoob I can't handle the needle my hand shaking I just picture Scrappy having a really bad problem because he's a meth baby based on what I've just described I'd say his problem is like steroids because he's always trying to fight yeah he's got some rage yeah he's roided out what a dark show anyway Independence Day why is it called ID4 Independence Day 4 it's the first nah We've yeah, had a lot of July, July 4th. It doesn't make sense. It's not well thought out. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is from the people who made the Stargate movie. They went on to make the Godzilla 1998 movie. Ugh. Anyway, ID4 is just the abbreviation. Because I guess you couldn't call it ID. Yeah, you could. Not Independence Day. Yeah, you got a trademark. You can't trademark ID. It's just not a is good it, name. Is the, is the, is the, 
No, what? You can't. You can't trademark. Well, you can't trademark ID. So you got to make it something you and can trademark. And you can't trademark. Don't, don't don't do anything of ID. Leave the four out. Leave the ID. Out. Then Just call the ac- it Independence Day. But what's the acronym? You don't need an acronym. Yeah, you. Oh, Corey. Someone didn't get the Independence Day toy with the little floppy. What's Godzilla had acronym? the Independence Day game? Holy shit! I you remember. Know, you know exactly that what now. the fuck I'm talking about, right? Wow. It did what now? It was like a point and click. Not adventure game, but it was kind of like a point and click. It was a shitty flight sim, dude. Yeah, that's right. That's what it ends up being. But you got to click through like data and stuff to get. To yeah, the I never played the Independence Day game, but I did play the Top Gun game. When was the Top Gun? It, it was a actually. It was a PlayStation One game, but didn't they make one for PS Two? It's not a little late to the game for Top Gun. Probably <laughs> no. Top Gun. When did Top Gun come out? Nineteen eighty six. Yeah, it was 86. called Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. <laughs> yeah, but no. Um, Top Gun. Huh. On PlayStation One, it was basically just uh, Ace Combat. <laughs> oh, with. Uh, danger Zone playing on repeat forever. That sounds like a nightmare I've had before. It was, it was <laughs> This literally so sounds fun. like a dream. It sounds like I took too much Vicodin and went to sleep. Welcome Rock to the bottom roll. Welcome to the bottom rung of hell. All you get is Kenny Loggins and volleyball montages. <laughs> Ring up, Raggy! I mean, the plot of the movie is kind of meaningless because everyone's just on their own adventure. Vivica Fox and the dog jump away from a fire. They rescue the president. The slow-mo wife. fire? Yeah, I love yeah, that. Slow-mo dog, slow-mo fire. Um, slow-mo dog, slow-mo fire, slow-mo plane, slow-mo everything. It's not the first time people have run from an explosion in a movie, but it definitely feels like it took it to a new level of egregiousness in this movie. They um, did make an Independence Day video game. Yep. We were and just I, talking I know, about and it. And I was like thinking like, I thought you were talking about something else because you said a point and click and like a... it's like a point and click mystery well, yeah, detective were... game that becomes a flight simulator once you unlock it. I think I actually had it now that I'm looking at it. No, I played the Independence Day game for the PlayStation One. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was hot shit, but not like that point and click game. Yeah, <laughs> that came with the game with the figure. Oh no, it was all hot shit. I mean, if you ever wanted to fly an alien spaceship that handled like a fucking shopping cart with a wobbly wheel. That was Independence Day of the game. But I would hope that the directions for the Y-axis were inverted just like in the movie. I don't recall. I kind of laughed at that. I'll admit that was kind of funny to me. That he nearly kills everyone in the room and he literally turns the post-it upside down. And I'm like, literally the Area 51 scientist forgot to change the Y-axis. That also speaks to a larger issue with the movie, which is, and I think this goes to Emmerich and, and Devlin's other movies, is that their movies portray people in charge as pretty incompetent. But it's not far enough for it to be satirical or like it's making a statement. It's like this weird undercurrent where like the president doesn't know about Area 51. Um, But then for some reason, Will Smith, a Marine captain, does. Well, he flew over it. He just kind of noticed it when he was flying. That must have happened at some point before, (laughs) right? (laughs) The highest levels of power seem to be like... The dumbest human Dumbest, but it's not done for a statement and it's not done for comedy. It's not done as a satire. It's just like a fact of the world in their movies, which is weird because like like Shin Godzilla is a really example of satirically talking about bureaucracy or Michael Bay movies are really good at man. Bureaucrats are fucking idiots, but the American soldier knows what's going on. But a little bit like it's very clearly making that statement, whereas this movie doesn't seem to clearly make any kind of statement. It just it's just sort of a fact there. of the world. For yeah. Them. Yeah. I mean, in that regard, I almost kind of like the writing for that end because it's you're not making a statement you're just this is just how the world works based on your experience yeah it just it just raises certain questions too because then the president has to turn around and be also a fighter pilot hero 
So the speech, the today we will celebrate our independence and all that stuff. And he's in that flight jacket and then he literally steps into an F-18. So George W. Bush saw this movie, right? Yeah. No, clearly. Like George W. Bush went, that's what a president does. Where's the mission accomplished banner? <laughs> oh. oh, my last note is um, uh, never light your cigars with lighter fluid, kids. Yeah. No, I, I, I was wondering Come on. if that was going to get brought up. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I noticed that the cigars weren't punched. Yeah, I noticed that too. And I was like, maybe they're biting off the, I don't know. Maybe they were pre-cut. Who knows? You never know. That I mean, was my assumption is that they were just pre-cut. They're clearly not though no, in but one you scene. Can, but I know. absolutely see the back. It's completely smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and they, no. and they it, put it, the it smooth it in their mouth. They're it doesn't really, make any sense. They're not really smoking. They're just using them as incense, I guess. Yeah, incense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was smoking it, though. He he blew out smoke I, at one point. I like, think, in I between think, cuts, he... I think, he, I think you just meant to think he bit him, which is very common. That's what Logan does. Also, after the mothership gets nuked in what I can only assume is low or four, but like, the entire planet's been EMP'd, right? <laughs> So it has to be at the range of our basic cable satellites. So and those, Jeez, that's really low orbit. Yeah, and those float at like what is that in the ionosphere? Like is I've seen, I'm 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 no scientist, but I've seen Goldeneye, and I know that, <laughs> that those nuclear weapons get exploded on those satellites, and things are bad. Okay, so here's a here's a conundrum. So yeah. that the missile that uh, Smith fires into the ship before they right, fly out, right? It's a pretty small missile. It's like a tactical nuke, right? But yeah, when they fly with the mothership, yeah. that's not a tactical nuke. That's fusion nuke type well, explosion. I guess it, well, well, it must have That was like the Death Star blowing Well, we up. know it has a fusion energy. Um, so How do we know it's fusion? Oh, I know. Oh, no. No, 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 no. For the sake of this story? I think, I think okay, so Independence Day ends. They save the world. Will Smith goes to his soon-to-be-adopted son and goes, I promise you fireworks, which is actually nuclear fire raining down on them, but whatever. Then they, we never launch into the ship again. That is literally aliens burning up in orbit. <laughs> We're all going to die in five years. And then around the world, that people are bringing down the motherships, presumably just crashing them onto these cities. Which raises another question about this movie. So at one point when they're showing the ships, yeah, yeah. there appears to be a group of indigenous tribesmen mm-hmm. that just runs out carrying spears. I'm so I'm so excited to tell you about Independence Day Resurgence. Dude, <laughs> do they, do they you think that's dropped? Let me, oh, I'm so excited to tell you all about this. All sequel. right, let's move on. I okay. need to know. Okay, so I watched Independence Day Resurgence last night and a couple things in its favor it's 25 minutes shorter jeff goldblum is is basically the star so we're going we're doing good lots of things not in its favor okay so wait that was it that was your pros list okay (laughs) moving on scrolling 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 (laughs) okay so something good something good okay so just a little backstory so one would think so one would think that 9-11 would have delayed a sequel to this film but actually it's the opposite apparently dean devlin was inspired by 9-11 to start writing a sequel to independence day oh Dear God. So that's where we're starting from. It was abandoned in 2004 for what I can only hope are obvious reasons. And then it was picked up again in in like 2009 and abandoned again until in 2014, the version that finally got made got pitched and greenlit. 
so it's been 20 years. It actually takes place when it's set. Uh, it's tw- it's an alternate version of 2016 in which 20 years ago, the events of Independence Day took place, more or less. So we have taken their technology and hybrided it into our society. Uh, we have advanced alien tech we've brought into our own. Governments definitely still exist, but the military is now essentially a global military, which actually makes a lot of sense given what's happened in Independence Day. Think Halo. Yeah. It's called the Earth Space Defense Force. There's a huge military facility on the moon now. And the, the young hot lead, so they did not bring back Mae Whitman. They replaced her with Micah Monroe. And she is, much like her dad, a former fighter pilot who's also gone into politics. Ugh. Apple she, don't fall far from the tree. She's part of the cabinet for the new current president, uh, played by Celia Ward. Her love interest is Liam Hemsworth, who's a young pilot, washed out, and is now kind of like a dock worker on the on the moon base. Are they grabbing him for all the '90s reboots of what's the, the other '90s reboot? Li- Men in Black. That's that's that his brother Chris. Chris. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. It's also weird too because it's the Earth Space Defense Force, but Liam Hemsworth is choking down his Australian accent. And I'm like, literally next to him is like a British dude, a French dude, and a Chinese woman. He could have just been Australian and no one would have said shit. And we clearly have, as Americans, have accepted Chris Hemsworth and his accent, so I don't really see the problem here. And then uh, uh, Jesse T. Usher plays the grown-up version of Will Smith's adopted son, who is still a fire pilot. Will Smith died off camera because he didn't want to come back. That kind of sucks, but... It's real embarrassing. They're like, your dad died in a test pilot accident? And I'm like, what, like Hal Jordan? Like, what the fuck happened to his dad? It's that they're going to commemorate the 20th anniversary of the... of Being rid of aliens? I don't remember what they called it. They called it, like, the... Independence Day? I don't remember what they called the war, but... Jeff Goldblum is now, for all intents and purposes, the Secretary of Alien Affairs. And the military liaison uh, is William Fickner, um, who will show up later <laughs> in this movie in a really, really big way, which is surprising. Like, at first you think William Fickner's just going to be around for a little and he'll just die off. That is not what happens. There's a distress call. Our, our early warning detection system goes off. Everybody goes to the moon and a new alien ship shows up. It doesn't look like the old alien ships. And Jeff Goldblum's like, we need to figure out what it is. What's going on? And William Fickner, because he's a, because he's part of the military, decides we're shooting it down, not waiting to find out. Which, to be fair, the last time they waited to find out was Independence Day. So I'm kind of on board of William Fickner's shoot first mentality. Yeah. Fool me once. It crashes. Jeff Goldblum at this point is in Africa. And you find out that there was a decade-long land war with the surviving aliens of the crashed 15-mile ships in Africa and that the warlords and the tribesmen have formed like a machete-based army and they are basically parkour kung fu fighting the aliens because guns are very difficult to get through the armor. So they just do like parkour over them and stab them in the back with machetes. And they've been doing this for a decade. So why aren't we watching this movie? I That was my thing. Was, the thing is, you just told about this. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I could have had a sequel about a land war in Africa with these aliens. Oh, so you don't even get to see it. They just talk about it. They just talk about it. You see like one guy do it to one alien. And he's like, and he's like, I told you, killed them from behind. And I'm like, that could be a whole movie. (laughs) A mothership returns. And this is, and then meanwhile, Bill Pullman, who's retired, ever since he's been psychically linked, is still hearing them. And they've actually kept a lot of the aliens surviving in prison because Area 51 is now like, the Pentagon, basically, which again, globally kind of makes sense. Um, like, like one of the things I liked about the movie is the movie posits that this would completely change our entire social structure and society, which is true. It would if it would half be. the population was obliterated by an inv- invading alien force and we won and survived. 
it would com- our society would be rebuilt completely differently. I believe it would change the way a lot of people think and the way a lot of people treat each other. And yeah, it is. And and, and like one of the messages of the movie is that like yeah, there are nations, but like whatever, like you know, yeah. like we're one military now. You know, like the aliens show up and the mothership, a new mothership shows up, and this is when Brent Spiner wakes up from a twenty-year coma, even though I thought he was supposed to be dead from the movie. And all the aliens in the prisons are freaking out. And they really get into the, the because Bill Pullman starts talking about it and Brent Spiner starts talking about it. And Jeff Goldblum is like finding out all this information, which is they are a hive mind. Each mothership had a queen. You didn't see it, but each mothership had a queen that controlled them. The mothership actually lands on Earth and it, it like opens up. And so it takes out, it takes like Europe and part of the Atlantic Ocean. It causes this massive tidal wave and it starts drilling into the Atlantic Ocean. And what you find out is that once the aliens strip natural resources, years later, another ship comes in and removes the core of the planet as an energy source. What? <laughs> and I'd also like to point out, they never call it the core. They always, always refer to it as the molten core, which really makes me laugh. <laughs> molten it's, core. It's never just the core, the planet's core. It's always our molten core. Four minutes until they reach the molten core. They want our molten core. <laughs> There are multiple layers to the core. I know, but it's just like they never say anything but the molten core. So they don't. But want, also, they don't want the solid iron core. They want the molten, molten core. core. Um, and so <laughs> anyway, they attack and destroy the moon base. Liam Hemsworth and a bunch of likable, you know, young people get out. Um, I could not give a shit about the the drama between Liam Hemsworth and Micah Monroe and Jesse T. Usher. Also, Chin Han is the head of the moon base from like the Dark Knight, the the banker Lao. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe that's where he hid the Joker's money. <laughs> <laughs> on the moon <laughs> as they start drilling in we then cut to yet another subplot because it's an independence movie of pirates like modern pirates who are now yeah. watch mon- monitoring the core the president and a bunch of people retreat to uh cheyenne mountain um with a bunch of other world leaders because cheyenne Mountain's like fortified and has like a military base at area 51 gold bloom fickner uh, Bill Pullman, Micah Monroe are all there and like we got to figure out what to do with Brent Spiner Judd Hirsch is still alive <laughs> Like, I know he is, but the character is. He has a fun adventure surviving the tidal wave with a bunch of kid actors, including Joey King from The Act and uh, Wish Upon. So this is where the movie starts to retcon, like, a lot of stuff. One, there was the early retcon of The Queen. So fine, we didn't know there was a queen inside the mothership. Whatever, you can you can get along. That's fine. The hive mind thing kind of already hinted at, but they get into the whole, well, if we kill the queen, all the other aliens will fall down and die. And I go, I'm sorry, but didn't you blow up the mothership in the first movie and all the aliens didn't fall down and die? That's true. Plus, in this movie, you said there was a queen in the mothership in the first movie. And in this movie, you talk about surviving aliens from the first movie. So, so they, they... Oh... Yeah, they wrote themselves into a corner and didn't fix it. (laughs) So then Brent Spiner goes back to the original alien ship that was shot down in this new movie that didn't look like the other alien ships. And they open it up. And what I can only describe as fucking GLaDOS rolls out. It's like this white apple portally orb that floats up with a female robotic voice and goes, Greetings, I am legally distinct from GLaDOS. And <laughs> do not sue. I am I am an I am the cumulative um uh, AI remnants of a of an evolved alien species that was killed by the Harvesters, which is now the official name of this alien race from Independence Day. This is what the Harvesters do. They show up, they take your resources, they take your molten core, and they, <laughs> and they Don't worry, they leave the core intact. 
they use it for power or I don't know with their fusion drives the drives that we have used so like our technology like our fighter jets have it our helicopters have it we have all this technology we have guns that look exactly like the goddamn covenant uh, rifle <laughs> like again legally distinct but not really she goes I travel from world to world I collect the refugees uh, before the planet is destroyed of the people the Harvester take. I take them to a secret planet where I use my advanced technology to train them so that we can fight the Harvesters. Please come back for Independence Day 3. And so the Queen wants to get to GLaDOS before the core gets destroyed because it wants to know where this planet is. So that's why it's not just harvesting the core, but also like searching the planet. I was on board like 10 minutes ago, but now I'm like, get this movie away from so the, me. So, so the president gives another, the former president. So sorry, Seal Award's murdered. Cheyenne Mountains is destroyed. And then, and then literally somebody walks up to William Fickner and goes, so everyone's dead, uh, your president. <laughs> and William Fickner, within like five seconds, like kind of confused, like, I swear to God, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm president now. And then Jeff Goldblum is hanging out with this with GLaDOS, Prince Spiner. Also, GLaDOS points out no one has ever killed a Harvester Queen, even though earlier we talked about how there must have been a queen on the mothership. Yep. Uh, the president gives another speech, or so ex-president, uh, Bill Pullman, gives another speech. Uh, volunteers to fly uh, again for some reason. What he's going to do is they're going to mimic the GLaDOS signal to draw the queen away from GLaDOS and get it into a field where they can use the force fields against them, detonate a nuclear bomb with one of their fusion reactors, similar to the first movie, but on the queen ship on the planet, but they have the force field technology of the aliens now. So they can basically isolate it to the desert. This is working out for a while until Micah Monroe and Liam Hemsworth and all of them get in trouble. Long story short, also the president says there's a lot of reasons I'm the best choice for this. I would like him to name one because he's a crazy old feeble man with a limp who can barely walk without a cane. And I think it takes a lot of uh, strength training in your limbs and spine to handle the G-forces of uh, flying a goddamn F-22. A bunch of the kids uh, are on the alien mothership. They blow it up. The plan works. The queen survives. So you're like, okay, it's a queen. It's like aliens. And yeah, it's bigger. It's fucking Godzilla bigger. What? It's the size of the ship. Basically, the ship houses the queen. The ship is like an Iron Man Gundam suit for the queen's biomechanical so is the, suit. Is the queen what a the? large, flat thing? The queen looks just like them, but, you know, bigger. <laughs> like, like, it's that like, it's a, even make sense. it's a kaiju. Like, the queen is a kaiju. I hate this. And I got to admit, Grimm come when, help it. when that happened, I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, I knew this movie was going to go on for 20 more minutes. I knew the queen would probably survive. I understood, you know, I understand the structure of shitty Hollywood blockbusters. And I was like, right. And then they'll all be on the ground and they'll be fighting like a 20 foot queen. So when the queen came out of the ship and was like, 500 feet tall i was like okay movie <laughs> i was like you know what i was not prepared for a kaiju fight at the end of this movie so it's because i was like that's weird they're still in their fighter jets it's gonna be weird to be like flying fighter jets down at like the queen no 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 <laughs> queen's still massive queen size of mountains <laughs> They shoot at the queen and the shield shows up and they're like, the queen has her own shield. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so did Destiny boss fight? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but like even bigger, you know, like, like, like again, Godzilla sized, like Immune. skyscraper sized. Because there is a shot of the alien as, you know, because they look, they kind of look more like little green men and they come into the biomechanical suit. Yeah. There is a shot of the queen earlier doing that in the ship. But of course, there's no context to the size. 
So you're not meant to understand that what you're looking at is the size of the Sears Tower when that happens inside the ship. Long story short, uh, Bill Pullman's dead at this point. Everybody else rallies. They shoot the queen to death. They, they get it done. And it falls out of like the exosuit and bleeds to death in the middle of the desert. And I'm like, again, please tell me there's a whole 10-year land war of shit that came out of the queen. <laughs> yeah. Anybody's the size of freight trucks. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And, um... Uh, they killed the queen and all the aliens dropped dead. And then GLaDOS, who's been conveniently like offline, I guess presumably to not like try and trigger the queen noticing. But, you know, she wakes up and is like, oh, we, we did it. And I'm like, what's this we shit? <laughs> you sat there while the queen literally picked you up and was like, ah, ah, And also, also, I kind of feel like GLaDOS is sort of like a con artist, like an AI alien con artist. Because she's like, we have totally advanced technology to kill the queen. I'm like, why didn't you bring it? You should just use that. Um, they, and then, of course, killing the queen stops the, the massive ship that's drilling with 30 seconds left, which tells me that the core is just exposed. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, so does just all of the ocean water just slowly sip into this massive hole in the center of the Marianas Trench um, and just evaporate? Like, do we just lose our ocean? <laughs> no, 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 no. You wouldn't lose your ocean. Back pressure. From? The steam. From, oh, from the molten core. <laughs> yeah, the molten <laughs> There'd be like an equilibrium, maybe. Event, maybe. I mean, it is like a it, the whole. I think they say the hole's several miles wide in diameter. Oh, that's a lot of volume. But the ocean's got a lot of water. It so. does. It does. But it, the but the planet's also very deep. And the idea is that we're at the core now. So the shoreline goes back a few feet to make up for all those years a, of global warming. A few feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just making up for global warming. Now. Exactly. It's like yeah. a, it's like Control Z. So we've exposed our core. That can't Holy be good either. Shit! Did we just come up with a way to fix the uh, rising sea? level oh <laughs> we drill <laughs> it's the core all over again um also uh then glados yeah, so glados wakes up and she goes uh she goes you should lead my rebel army and uh the new president william fickner jeff goldblum brent spiner micah monroe liam hemsworth jesse t usher and uh all of them look at glados and the camera pushes into brett spiner goes let's kick some alien ass credits to, and then unfortunately the box office dictates we will not be seeing the movie they've set up that is independence day resurgence and you know what as i describe it i think i had a better time watching independence day resurgence <laughs> it's, it's a worse movie but i think it it's, sounds more fun it's so audacious it, it makes the bolder choices when it can it's, it's it, yeah halo it makes all the portal. wrong choices in the boldest way possible <laughs> halo portal yeah there's a lot of halo godzilla and what else? What Sounded like a Destiny. Independence Day. <laughs> the, bo- the the kaiju fight sounds exactly like a Destiny raid boss. <laughs> it has a personal shield. Where? In its neck? In its stomach? Well, cause, I guess because those suits are those, you know, because obviously what they are are kind of like the little green men and there's the biomechanical Giger suit. So presumably that suit's generating. Oh, and one of its hands is a laser cannon. Sorry, I forgot to mention <laughs> So to do you, sounds, you left sounds, that you buried the lead and there, then, man. and then instead of like four tentacles, it has like sixteen. I'm convinced. Oh yeah, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see it. It's something. I, I I mean, it's terrible, but you know, so it's the first one. <laughs> well, now I have to watch it just because I need to see this firsthand. We're gonna do an outro. Or... Uh, goodbye. <laughs> happy oh. Happy Fourth. Drink some beers. Ha- happy Fourth of July. Yeah. Today we celebrate. Our Our Independence Day. We will not go quietly into that night. <laughs> Drink beer and eat some rage, food. rage against the dying. <laughs> oh wait, no, that was Thornton Mellon. My mistake. <laughs> You've been listening to Caddy Wampus. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at Caddy Wampus Pod. Email us at caddywampuspodcast at gmail.com. 
Music by Tilly.